do we still need them? It's a question that bounces around in legislation, government regulation, responsibilities. They, it's a legitimate question because technology has advanced. People have the ability now to take matters into their own hands and for the most part operate independently and individually. It saves the high maintenance costs that are required. And with the trend towards automation, it only makes sense that as we move in modern times that we ask ourselves this question, do we really still need them? They're being replaced by modern aids and for the most part, some have done away with the aging structures, but it is a fact that over the years, the number of lighthouses in use have diminished. The lighthouse. Do we really still need them? For hundreds of years, they've been landmarks and parts of the past that we have come to know, know here in Atlantic Canada. We, uh, we line the coast with our borders, and so we often, in our drives along the tourist areas, we'll see the lighthouses that were built. The first lighthouse in Canada was built in Lewisburg on Cape Breton Island in Nova Scotia. The year was 1734. It stands majestic on the point. It's beautiful, it's wonderful, and, and it's just a timeless reminder of the past that we've come from. Canada's oldest surviving lighthouse isn't that far from here. It was built in 1758 on Sambro Island at the entrance to Halifax Harbor. And you could become a part of the discussion and fuss back and forth about what we are able or unable to do with technology now, but you will never dispense with the fact that lighthouses save lives. Lighthouses save lives. In the middle of storms, their lights shine. In the middle of dark nights, in the midst of piercing fog, they, the light will break through and give sailors the idea and the hope that exists for them to come into safety. If we looked historically, by the 1800s, the growing trade between Canada and Europe led to an increasing number of shipwrecks along our shores. To prevent these disasters, lighthouses were built on shores and coasts for one reason. They just simply saved lives. They served as guideposts. They served as warning signs. And they served as an invitation to come into the safety of the harbor. Even in our technology-advanced age, the government of Canada continues to operate 51 staffed lighthouses across the country. There are 27 in British Columbia alone. 23 more line the coasts of Newfoundland and Labrador. The government manages, invests money to maintain these lighthouses for their operational purposes because they still save lives. They still save lives. Their purpose hasn't been exempt. The plan for which they were intended, built, and put into use still works. They still save lives. Even in the midst, if you're, a, if you're the sharp knife in the drawer, you said, well, Jack, you mentioned 27 in British Columbia and 23 in Newfoundland and Labrador. That's 50, and you said 51. Anybody catch that? If you did, that's great. There's still one more lighthouse. 
the one and final manned lighthouse in Canada sits right here in our little old New Brunswick. It's the Seal Island Lighthouse in the Gulf of Maine. And its purpose is still for life-saving reasons. It warns the ships of the perils of the shores. But for more than just that reason, and the reason why I think I like it and pulled it into this message tonight, is because it's staffed for sovereignty purposes. You see, we put people there on that island to assert that it's kept by the crown. The Canadian Coast Guard is stationed there. Royal Canadian Mounted Police patrols it. We want to send a very clear message to everybody around. This lighthouse is here to save lives, and this island is owned by the throne. In light of the message this morning, I, I'm just here tonight to throw that one more log on the fire to remind people that we have a purpose as a church to be a lighthouse to the world around us. We have a purpose. We've got a light that we're going to shine. We've got a light that's intended to glow and to grow as time goes on so men in wandering ways know how to find the way back home. I'm grateful that the doors of CCC are open with every opportunity that we have. And I'm thankful that when we came into the room tonight, we didn't come with no purpose. We came on purpose. We came with a plan because you never know when somebody on the outside needs to find their way to the inside. You never know when someone is just about ready to shipwreck on the shore of life. And God said, CCC, I've got you to be a lighthouse in the midst of a dark world. You have the opportunity to let your light shine. I'm grateful for that plan that God has for us to, to do his will and accomplish his work. I'm, I'm glad tonight that when we came in the room it wasn't dead and dry, but there was a fire that was burning. Somebody lit the light before service started. Somebody came in and said, you know what? I'm going to do my little part. I'm going to let my little light shine in that service because you never know who's looking on the outside. You never know when somebody came in and just saying, I just need a testimony. I need proof of what God can do in a life. I need proof. And then you see Nathan Calhoun come dancing down the aisle. I can't do it like him. He had a little two-step. I can't do it quite like him, but I'll tell you what that is. It's just a little light to let somebody know I once was lost, but now I'm found. I found my way to a Pentecostal altar, and God lit me on fire, and I can't let it go. I want my light to shine. I'm so grateful for our student body. I'm thankful that you're not just coming to, to be a, a part of a church service, but you came to have church. You came better than that. You came to be the church tonight. You came to accomplish a purpose. You may not be in the pulpit, but I tell you what, with every hand raised, with every voice lifted, there's a declaration. God can turn a life around. God can take men out of darkness and bring them into marvelous light. There's a great hope that we have. Let me remind you what pastor's message was about this morning. You need to be a part of the local church. You have a responsibility to show up and show off the goodness of God. 
You've got a responsibility to land in the building because as much as you may be participating in the service online, when you show up in the house and you begin to lift your hands and declare your testimony, oh, we may not give you the mic, but just saying, I'm so glad I'm one of them. All of a sudden, there's a whole host of testimonies in the room that people see and your light begins to shine. Yeah, we need you. We need you in the room. And then I like, I like that little part about the lighthouse in New Brunswick because it, established and it establishes and asserts the responsibility that we, that that island is owned by the throne. I think there's something powerful about when the people of God come together. This church is a lighthouse. We can tell you stories about people that have come through those doors. And hopelessness was written on their face. But by the time they made their way to an altar. And then when they left, they were full of hope about what God could do. I'm thankful that the church is still a lighthouse. You could argue the fact about whether or not they're needed. Whether or not we need the church anymore. And there's all kinds of things that are happening in, in the social realms of, of the church that are becoming de-churched. They're becoming unchurched. They're stepping away from, from the structure and the edifice. They're stepping away from the organization of the church. I just came with a declaration tonight, and not just because I'm a pastor, because I get to sit in the pew as often as many of you, but because we are the church, I get to declare today that you need the church today. You still need the lighthouse in your life. How many times have you come into a service and you came and more than a participator, you were the recipient. How many times did you come in broken, but God began to apply the balm of Gilead over your life? And by the time you left, you had hope where there was hopelessness. By the time you left, how many times did you come into service and you were sick in your body? But then in the midst of a worship set, in the midst of a worship song, the presence and the power of God began to move and you left different than the way that you came in. I, I just came to remind us one more time. We need the church because the church is the lighthouse. It's a lighthouse. You never know who's looking on. You never know who's watching from afar. It's powerful in the room tonight because, thank you, in light, no pun intended, of the message this morning. Or maybe pun intended. <laughs> if, you, if, if you watched this morning, you were thinking, well, we may, we, we may get there tonight, we may not. I'm, I'm going to guess by the end of the message this morning, he said, uh, get the shovel. Get, get the car warmer. Car started. Don't worry, I was there with you. We all, we all told ourselves in the way of those of you that are left, left that we got to be careful that we're not sanctified self-righteous on our way out this morning because we happened to make it today. I know some people couldn't make it. I know you were dealing with a, a snow pile in the end of your driveway that you couldn't drive through. <clears throat> I, know, I know some of that. And, and then some of you, you, you know that you could have, but you didn't. And now you're feeling bad. That's why you're here. Thank you for coming. Come on, that, that was tremendous this morning. That, that was a timely word. 
That was a little bit of light in the midst of the darkness. That, that, that's what we need in this dark world. We need a light in the midst of darkness. That, that's why scripture says in Matthew 5, 14, Jesus reminded us, ye are the light of the world. You are. You're the light. You see, we, we get excited about the lighthouse. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. We can get three cheers for that one. Hip, hip, hooray. Hip, hip, hooray. Hip, hip, hooray. We're so grateful for the goodness of God in our lives and thankful for brand new chairs, no pink pews, Pastor mentioned it. Thankful for that. We're thankful that, that we got this edifice to worship God and we're glad. We're glad today. Aren't we glad? Aren't we grateful for what God has done? But we can't just be thankful about an edifice or a building or, or this, this building that sits on the hill that, that can be seen in Marysville. We can't just be thankful for that. we got to be thankful for the light that's in the building. And you are the light of the world. You see, we may call this place the lighthouse, but you are the light of the lighthouse. You have the privilege and the opportunity to be a part of this edifice that, that when we gather together, we become the light of the lighthouse. Now, I knew I knew, I knew when I started that that was going to die down when we started talking about our responsibility to be the light. Because we love the passive idea of the church being the light. It just emanates. We don't have to do anything. It's awesome. We don't have to do anything. We, we get to show up and hear the sermon and sing the song if we feel like it or we like it. <clears throat> now I'm meddling. We, we, we get to be a part of the can I? But, but church, you are the light in the lighthouse. You see, the, the, I'll tell you from experience over the last two weeks that you being in the room makes the difference. Yes, God was here. Yes, the anointing was here. Yes, we felt God's presence and God's power. We sang our hearts up. We did everything that we could in every service that we got to broadcast to you online. But I'll tell you, there's something more powerful. And there's something dynamically different that moves us up a notch. When the light shows up in the lighthouse, when you showed up in the room, when I, I came through that side door, I was like, "Woo! I love it. I love it when the people of God show up to the house of God because something is about to happen. We, God doesn't allow us to privilege of gathering together without a plan, without a divine purpose, without a divine intention. Why? Because we are the light of the world. A God that has called us out of darkness into marvelous light doesn't intend for us just to be a passive observer of services. God intends for us to be actively engaged in being the church not just going to church. That we be the light. Ye are the light. I like the moon. I, I like that on these snow-filled nights that it's bright. You can, you can walk through a path in the woods with just the moonlight. But all the moon is is a reflector. I'm grateful for that. But God said, not are you just a reflector. He said, I'm going to put my light. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. We get to be more than just this passive participant 
in a service. God is calling us to active engagement. God is calling us not just to observe the light, but to be the light in the world that's dark. I'll, I'll tell you, that's why we have to be so careful about what we comment on in social media. That's why we have to be so careful about all these things that, that, we, that we get behind. I'll tell you what we've got to get behind. We've got to get behind evangelism of the church. We've got to get behind God's plan in reaching the whole world. We've got to get behind preaching the gospel like we never had before with every opportunity that we have, with every element that we have, with every instrument that we have, with every duty that we have. We've got to become a part of this this force that declares the goodness of God to our world. We've got to let our light shine. I mean, why, why do we bother even going to church? Why? It's kind of like that question, do we really need those lighthouses? Why? Why? Why do we need, need them? After all, I, you know, CCC streams our services live online. This may be a little bit of doubling up on this morning, but it's okay. Um, we could literally watch live on any device that we own anywhere that we want to. Plus, we can share the services on demand. I can, I can let my light shine. Share. Webcast. The problem is, is I don't even see a lot of that happening. So we could watch or listen anytime. As a matter of fact, we don't even have to to stick to Sunday on that because it's cataloged and archived and we can go online anytime and catch up on CCC or you know what if you don't like the preacher that night you can just opt out because there are hundreds we're on the lead edge so if this isn't going good for you you got another chance because there's lots of apostolic churches coming online shortly I don't know why Siri just fired up you, you gotta, you're going to have an opportunity to, to catch the next service somewhere. And, 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 and if we're not careful in the midst of observing church happen, we can become consumers of church instead of participants and being the church. And God is calling us in this day and in this hour not to observe church or not to watch church. God is calling us to be the church. God is calling us to active engagement. He's enlisting people right now. You are the light of the world. God just didn't call you to represent, to be a mirror of what was happening at CCC. God called you to be CCC. He called called you to be the church in the community in this day and in this age that is what God has called us to be so 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 why gather why gather together I mean with the price of gas right now the highest it's ever been I mean we can justify we can justify just saving a few dollars with our gas tank I'll give that to missions There are millions of churches to choose from. You can access almost any church you want, anywhere, at any time. If you don't like your pastor, you can pick your pastor. If you don't like the preacher, you can pick your preacher. And so I'm convinced along with a lot of you, there's no point to merely attending church. There's no point. There's no point in us just gathering together. Why would we bother? 
Why would we bother if we're just going to be onlookers? Why would we, why would we bother showing up? And I may offend some of you along with the other pastor today. Why would we bother? I mean, why? Why bother? Save the gas. Save the time. Why would we bother showing up to service if we're just going to merely attend? Drive all the way here to connect with three or maybe if the Holy Ghost moves, four songs. Hear the message, then head back home. We can do that all by ourselves in a much more convenient way. In the words of Carrie Newhoff, he said, slip on Spotify and grab the message via podcast or on demand. You're covered. We now live in a culture that's drowning in options. It has 24-7 access to anything and everything, Christian. But we don't want to be a shadow of our former self. Because it used to be that church was the hub. It was the center of what happened, and the reason was because it was, it was connection and communion. It was people gathering together. Why? Because we cared for one another. We showed up because we were concerned about who else may not be there. We showed up because we were concerned about somebody that needed to be there. We showed up because someone that was coming needed God like we needed him 10, 15, or 20 years ago. So we made our mind up. Church was about the center. It was about a hub. It was what God desired for us to be a part of. Not just to observe. And so there's a call that's coming in this end time. Don't just partic- don't just observe. Become a participator. Enlist and engage in being the church. Not just coming to church. We are a social and a cultural hub. But more than that, we are a missional hub. This is where we get marching orders for the mission. This is where God burdens our hearts for a world that needs what we've got. This is where we fill the oil tank up so that our light can shine all week long. This is where we engage with one another and we engage with the supernatural touch of God. I need church because I need him more than I've ever needed him before. I need God to challenge me. I need God to lift me up and pick me up. I need God to turn me around. Sometimes I need God to give me a little push in the right direction. I need Church, because if I'm going to be a light in a dark world, I've got to get fired up somewhere. And it keeps us connected and grounded to the mission of the church, the whole gospel to the whole world. I'll echo it tonight. You don't attend church. You are the church. The tension in the room that we're beginning to sense and maybe one that we want to create is this. This one point of this one point sermon. Attending church is not the way to be the church. We've got to deconstruct the church consumer mentality. We've got to separate ourselves from just observing. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. As leaders, we have got to become better at creating opportunity for you to engage. That's why when Pastor finished a dynamic series on fasting and prayer, we said we've got to have a way for people to enroll in this. 
we got to have a way, uh, an opportunity for people to engage with this more than it just be a, another cataloged series on YouTube. It's got to become a part of our weekly activity. What day are you fasting? What day? Which day? Not, not are you, when you, when are you? Why? Because that's what the church did. That, that's what the New Testament believers did. They fasted and prayed. Why? Because Jesus gave us commandment when you fast, when you pray, not if you fast or if you pray. So you know what the, the spreadsheet's all about? You know what? I just, I just have an idea. It's about engaging in what God is calling us to become. Because why? We want the light to shine in the midst of darkness. We don't want a lighthouse with no light. We want a lighthouse that's full of the fire of the Holy Ghost. We don't want the lamps to burn out in the end time. It was, come on, it was the epitaph of Samuel's day that the light went out in the temple. We don't need a temple without a light in the end time. We have to change our idea of what good church is. We say it all the time, and I said it this morning. Great service this morning, Pastor. No, that was a great challenge this morning, Pastor. The great service happens between Sunday at noon and next Sunday morning. That's when the great service happens. The great service is about how am I going to engage with whatever? How am I going to activate what God has released in my spirit? How am I going to become the church with what God has given me through the word? The great service happens between Sunday and Monday. Between Sunday and Tuesday. Come on, between Sunday and Wednesday. What am I going to do with what God gave me? How am I going to grow the seed that God put in the soil of my life? Because there's a world that needs the light. Here's the conflict. You can consume church anywhere. But we come together so we encourage, so we are encouraged and educated and emboldened to be the church everywhere. You can consume church anywhere. But when you leave a red hot revival, apostolic, Holy Ghost filled service, you're not wondering about what next you can consume. You're wondering about how can I be the church this week? Who can I let this light shine? Where can, where can I allow this? Come on, there's a shadow over there. I'm just going to let the light shine. There's darkness over there. I'm going to let the light shine. There's a testimony that needs told. It's yours. Let your light shine. We can come back to the music. I, I love being part of a church that's constantly uh, trying to prove itself. I, I'm grateful that it's it's not just one voice in the pulpit. I'm thankful that I get challenged as much as all of you. I'm grateful for that. And that's scriptural, by the way. That God challenges us to become uh, more than just listeners. There's that whole part in James about doing the word, not just hearing it. And in Hebrews, we're, we're talking about the requirement that we have to assemble. Why? Because we're the lighthouse. The more light that we can get in the lighthouse, the greater the opportunity to reach the lost in this night season. Hebrews 10 says it like this. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And in 24, here's that part that we can't do without you. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. 
let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Instead of provoking you in anger and frustration, our, our job is to provoke you unto love and to good works. We're going to talk for the next few weeks about love, public displays of affection. Oh my. Why? Because God is provoking us. There's all kinds of be people being provoked by all kinds of things right now. What if the church provoked the church to love and good works? What kind of a dynamic difference would that be? What kind of a light would shine in the midst of darkness if all of a sudden amidst hate and division and separation, anxiety and pain and all the provoking that's happening out there, what would happen if a church provoked one another to love and to good works when, when all of a sudden our affection is apparent? It's obvious. I don't know. I think it would be different. And he didn't stop there. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is. But exhorting one another. And so much the more. The more. The more. The, I, we were in a rough place. Because we didn't think we were going to have service today. And I'm so glad we did. Thank you Premier Higgs. Thank you, church family. But I, <clears throat> pastor had to rein me in. Kathy had to rein me in. I was like, let's have church Monday night. If they're going to release the restrictions Sunday at midnight, let's have church Monday night. As a matter of fact, let's have church Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. And then if it's going, I'm not... I'm not joking. That's really what I, did I say that? That's what I said. I said, why don't we have it Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? If it's going all right, let's just go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because there's something about that. The so much, the more as we see the day approaching, and if they're going to take it away for a little bit, then we're going to add up on the other side. We're just determined. We're just going to have church because there is a responsibility that we have to be the lighthouse. the lighthouse you can stand we consider one another when we're together we provoke unto love and to good works when we are together we exhort one another when we're together that's scriptural that's holding fast the profession of our faith there's something happens that happens that when we hold on to faith it becomes a part of who we are that we begin to encourage one another we begin to admonish one another we begin to come on we, we see someone just uh, slipping on the sidelines but we say come on it's time come on reach out just fire a text message missed you today didn't see it today didn't know where you were just checking in are you all right is everything okay we're we're come on we're part of this together we need your light let me tell you great light comes from the number of lights not a single Great, great big white light. As much as I love the lumens, what would happen if all of us just begin to shine our light? What would happen if every light began 
to shine. What would happen? How bright? How intense? How obvious? How apparent? How? Come on. How much life-saving opportunity would exist if everybody just began to let their light shine? That's all right if you're feeling the Holy Ghost talking tongues, if you're feeling the challenge that's coming in the spirit. Come on, this is, we sang about it. This is a house of miracles. Why? Because we, God's done it in our life. We can testify. There's a power of testimony in the room because God has done it. This is a house of miracles. I'm just going to let that light shine. This is a house of salvation. I'm going to let that light shine. This is a house of community. We're going to let that light shine. This is a house where love is a priority. Love, we're going to let that light shine. Pastor, Pastor Wilbert referenced that old song, There Shall Be Light in the Evening Time. The path to glory you will surely find. It is the waterway. It is the light of day. Baptize in Jesus' name. Repent of all your sins. The King of glory shall come. The evening time has come, and it's a fact that God and Christ are one. But that old song comes from the scripture. That speaks about in the evening time, there shall be light. 
you back up in that verse, those verses, you'll find that it says it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a day unlike any other day where night and darkness have kind of intermeshed and it's just kind of this fog. You see, we've got a modern, well, the modern responsibility in the fog is to let the light shine. This evening that we are in is calling for light to shine. And before we pass the responsibility on to a building, an edifice, or a few individuals, the call tonight that comes in the Holy Ghost comes from that red letter script that says, ye are the light of the world. It's you. We've got the house. But we need to be the brightest light that we could possibly be. The world needs to hear your testimony. You say, I haven't got a whole lot to offer. Here, just start something like this. Did I ever tell you about what God's done in my life? I don't have my phone up here. I was going to click the little light on. Some of you, some of us, some of us, it's easy. I I, I, I can engage people on 500 topics. Kathy's even better than me. She will talk about the color of paint on the wall until somebody breaks down the wall. And then she has the on-ramp. We have that opportunity to, that there's a world with ears wide open right now. And your testimony is the most powerful thing they could hear. There's a world that's in darkness right now and the light that you have. They may never be a part or see, 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 see. They may never engage or log on to a webcast, but let me tell you, they need your testimony. They need to hear your voice declare the goodness of God that's happened in your life. And all of a sudden the light comes on in the midst of the darkness and God makes an on-ramp for someone to come into his presence and power. And life change happens. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the lighthouse. We need every one of you here. Every service that we can get to right now. We don't, we just, we just don't know. But as long as we have this opportunity, we gotta come on, mark your space, say this, this. I'm going to be here in this chair every time the door opens. I'm going to be here Wednesday night for service. I'm going to be here Friday night for prayer service. I'm going to be here Sunday morning and Sunday night. I've got nothing better to do. I'm just, come on, I'm just filling up the tank. I, I'm just filling up the oil tank because my light, it's going to shine all week long. You are the light of the world. Thanking God for this lighthouse. It's a most tremendous privilege that we have to be a part of all of you and what God is doing here. We want to be that lighthouse. I, I like that little New Brunswick lighthouse though because it's just asserting that the throne owns this. It's his church. It's only, we're only here because of his goodness, his great manifold grace. His mercy that's new every morning. We've got no other claim than that, but thank God for the light that he's placed in our lives. Would you lift hands together with me right now?
Come on, there's a, there's that call that's coming in the Holy Ghost. If you're with your family, would you pray together for a moment that this is the altar call? This is it. Remember altar calls. Remember, remember those where we would pray and stay until the Holy Ghost touched us and helped us. And God, in the evening time, give us light. God, let us be the light. Come on. Come on, step into your prophetic fulfillment. He said it. Jesus said it. You are the light of the world. Own it. Come on, own it. Hereto sarabareke, lebeorito sorabal akatareko tu. Hereto sataraba. Come on, that's it. That's light. That's a fire just starting in somebody's spirit. It's yours if you want it. It's there. To receive it, it's there. Come on. Come on, every home. Every home. Every life. Every workplace. God, engage us in service. Engage us in purpose. God, engage us in the mission. God, let this collective become. God, individual lights in the midst of darkness until we're back together again God this is a place of healing this is a place God where you're where, where you just lavish us with your blessing but God we don't want to just consume it for ourselves God we want to deliver it to a world that needs it God we want to be a relay we want to be God we just want to be a purveyor we, we want to deliver God grace hope and help and love to a world that needs it.
bless the broken pieces of my life. I want to be you. 